Welcome to another exciting edition of Near Mint Comic Radio, your local comic shop shrunk down, gamma radiated, sworn to protect the world that fears and hates it, and aired live every week, only on the Non-Productive Network, the only place that would have us. I'm your host, Frank, joined in studio, as always, by Pete and James. On Near Mint, we rank and review comics from best to worst, that's mint, near mint, good, fair, and poor to you newbies, and try to guide you on what to read and what might be better to avoid. We are, of course, continuing our read-through of Hickman's Run on House of X and Powers of Ten. This is it! The last issue of House of X. This has been a wild ride. I have very much enjoyed House of X so far. Uh, what about you two? What do you feel about this, of the two twin series we've been reading together? I am. I have very mixed feelings about where this is setting us up to go in X-Men. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You're pre-gaming, like, you're seeing where this is going next? Yeah, I mean... This is the platform from which Hickman is launching his new vision mm-hmm. of the X-Men that will, within weeks, be turned over to multiple other creators uh, to play in this sandbox. And I know he, he was setting up, he wanted the X-Men to feel special again, but they, they're they coming off really weird. Oh, it, he definitely reintroduced weird. James, you haven't been reading uh, X-Men in a while, so what do you think of House of X uh, in general? Just uh, kind of a pre-review review. I think I really, in general, have enjoyed it. I, I think, yeah, I think as, as you guys said, this sets up a bunch of creators to play with the X-Men in a new kind of sandbox, and I'm interested for stories in that sandbox. Mm-hmm. I think what uh, House of X of the two books, House of X and Powers of Ten, I think House of X was a little easier to get your fingers around and or mind oh, around. Yeah. It's a little bit more straightforward of a story, even though it is a trip. So we're going to talk about the last issue, and then of course we're going to spoil everything that came before as well. Uh, in this book, we have it's really just a recap of where we're leaving the X Men, probably in in I guess. Full continuity in the Marvel Universe. This this almost is a wrap of what most people would think of na- the natural narrative of the story is. If you thought that Poxpox was just going to reintroduce X-Men into Marvel in a way that's like, this is the latest version of the, yeah. the characters, then I think in, it's, it's fair enough to say that this is it. This is where yeah. we're leaving the X-Men. Uh, we were just basically going to recap from a few months before uh, the Krakoa experiment was officially launched with uh, Xavier announcing to all humanity, uh, including superheroes, that, listen, this is what's going to happen here. Mutants are going to move on to their own country and you're going to let us because we're going to give you this, not gifts, but we're going to pay for it. And that's it. We are the inheritors of the earth. Deal with it. And then we see a little bit about the council of the the quiet council. The quiet council, yeah. And a little bit of how things are working out for the X-Men now that they have achieved their their long-standing goal of, I guess, at least internal harmony. Um, and that's it. We, yeah. we are left off. This could be the last X-Men book ever. Think about it. Eh. This has a conclusion. You say, eh, why I, eh? I, I only say that because I think, I think there's so many questions left unanswered and so many questions about how things will play out in the future. Yeah, that's fair enough. I'm not saying that this, there's nowhere else the narrative can go, but I do think it does. It creates a certain bookend where you're like, these are uh, these people are hunted through society. They never found a home. Uh, they are not welcome in any human uh, uh, 
uh, earthly society, and this is their answer. Yeah. They have formed their own culture. Like, <clears throat> if a thousand years in the future of the X-Men, they're effectively um, inhumans, which I'd like to get to in a bit, then I kind of say, all right, this is an interesting origin of how that got to be. Yeah, and I feel like it's it's hard to, like, separate this from Powers of Ten, but, like, I, I agree. I think House of X feels like this complete narrative. Like, there's an idea that Xavier wants to, uh, Xavier and Magneto and uh, Moira, they want to establish this nation, this independence for the X-Men that is a molding of all of their values. And we get that. We get that story from beginning to end. And and that's that's what this does. And I like that they they do address some things, even some things we brought up here that we were concerned about. They do address them in this book. They don't leave like all the big plot threads hanging. What, what, give me an example of what you're talking about. Well, I mean, the big one is um, Sabretooth, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So we, we made a big deal out of Sabretooth mm. kind of just being allowed, you know, Sabretooth and then all, all the, the bad mutants, mutants being amnesty. allowed to just kind of walk onto this island and now you're good guys. So making an example of Sabretooth, you mm-hmm. know, as distasteful as it might be. I want to deal with that in a minute. Uh, okay. But let's let's do this chronologically, because obviously we're just doing our big overarching feelings for the story, but let's do the big big first reveal. It's Professor X's speech to humanity. Yeah. What do we think about that? psychic li- loudspeaker. Right. Yeah. First of all, pretty evasive. You're in the minds of, I guess, everyone? Every human? Is apparently. That apparently what's going on? I don't uh, know why he would not, not also broadcast it to the mutants. I mean, right, right, they right. should know too. Uh, but uh, yeah, what do we think about that that action, that powerful scene? I loved the scene, and it totally continues this trend of like Xavier, you know, not not the villain, but boy, it's the gray. dark gray. Yeah. It's gray into dark. Uh, I I yeah, go on. It's, I sorry. I take issue with you know. Wait, okay, this is happening. But who has given Xavier the authority to speak for all of mutant kind? Right. All right. All right. So I had some issues, and I'm not sure where it comes in. At one point, put a put a flag on this because I do want to get back to it. I'm a little concerned by how much literally every mutant is on board. Every mutant's on board. The only resistant mutant we see is Creed, is Sabretooth. Mm-hmm. And that's probably mostly <clears throat> to do with the fact that he's being arrested and being punished. Um, other, And then, you know, like uh, Mystique is, is surly, but she's there yeah. and a leader. So there are people who are a little resistant, but no one who's like, we have yet to see any mutant who has decided, no, I'm an American. I am... A, yeah. uh, I am a European. I'm, I'm, I'm this first. I don't want to go to an island and give up my citizenship and, yeah. and, I, and become someone else. And Even so far, Dazzler's in the end. And you think Dazzler just, I don't know why she was the one that popped into my head. She might be a person who's like, no, I'm, I'm okay with being a mutant and being, you know. Yeah, I've been fairly successful. Yeah, yeah. But no one, no, no nail sticking out saying, I don't want to play along. And beyond that, I think we've seen... The majority of the likely nails that would stick out explicitly not sticking out right. and, and or, joining in. Or being, not coerced, but uh, I think of like Emma Frost, for example, right? You find Someone, something that they like. Exactly. Right. They, they seem to, you know, originally they'd be like, mm, what yeah. do you want with my time? I don't want to deal with you. And then it's like... Either the narrative finds the thing that she's interested in, or Xavier and Eric and Moira, you know, ideally set it up so that, you know, 
she's interested. But even then, yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I, I don't want. I think we got ahead of where I wanted to be, but let's keep following this up because we're already on it. Uh, yeah, there are there. To Hickman's credit, to the credit of the story being told, I think we get a couple of nods of people like James just said uh, of people who you would think may be resistant uh, being. Uh, convinced, right? Yeah. Come on board for the following reasons. For example, Magneto, he gets a come on board yeah. arc throughout the entire book. Uh, Emma gets a story a couple issues back. Um, even the fact that Mystique is there, Surly, that suggests that, you know, eh, she's getting something out of it. She's not completely, she's not suddenly like a gleaming, positive, happy person. She's there with her personality yeah. intact. Um, to Exodus is another good example in yeah. this book of you get some characterization, you see why from their viewpoint they like it. Uh, and I, Exodus to me makes a lot of sense for joining up. Right. And I think some many of them make a lot of sense. And at very least, there's work being done in the writing and the storytelling yeah. to say we are aware of it and we're putting some effort into why it were yeah. the case. And I would like maybe even, we'll get to some of the other problematic ones like M plate later on. Right. But. And there's some people, or even in some, to some degree, Gorgon, right, who's a leader in this thing. I'm willing to give them, like, the, the fact that they did a head nod in saying that some of these characters had issues and there was something that brought them on board. You have to assume that the other ones you're also questioning, why would you be there? Mm -hmm. also had something dangled in front of them. Yeah. Uh, and maybe even with the way uh, Xavier's been acting, maybe even been coerced. I think there's uh, a lot of mental coercion going yeah, on here. Yeah. Especially with the good guys. Yeah. Because the good guys seem to be acting more off their usual character than the villains. Yeah. Some of these good heroes are okay with <clears throat> having like horrible, horrible mutants near them who have kidnapped them in the past, have experimented on them, have killed loved ones. I mean, I'll give them, I'll give that a pass. I'll overlook that because villains frequently reform even temporarily in X-Men books and people seem to be okay with that. Like Sabretooth has been an X-Man on right. multiple occasions. Sure. I, I, I just feel like I would need a little bit to see yeah. why. And I get, I am given a little bit every once in a while. There's a person who kind of tips their head and says, okay, we have to work together. It's for the greater good for our, for our people. Yeah. And I get that there are, however, I mean, this is a long way to go for a point, but despite the fact that there are, there, there are nods, there are head nods of saying, yes, everybody who's maybe questionable for why they're here, there is an answer, but we just don't have the real estate to talk about yeah. everyone just yet. Uh, there are a few people who I'm like, this almost bothers me. And not in a way that I didn't enjoy the book, but like, I can't wait for the explanation yeah. or the shoe to drop. It's like, I'm demanding an explanation for a lot of these. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just like mention who, one. I was going to say, who, who, who is this? For me, and maybe we'll talk about it later in this podcast, Apocalypse. I know he gets a lot of page, uh, a lot of real estate in these last two books about why he would want to be involved. But I'll just put this out there. Uh, and he mentions it in the council. He says, well, if we're not being tested, uh, you know, I'm okaying a rule that says I can't kill humans. I'm not saying Apocalypse's goal is to kill humans, but he wants that war to make himself seem, make mutants better, right? So, and there's a little bit of an illusion at this at the end of the book where yeah. he's sitting there looming and sort of staring at everybody else as they're celebrating. But he's one of those characters I'm like, I, I totally get what he was doing in Powers of X and why he may have changed his mind. Here, it seems like he's just, he's passively just saying, well, I don't really care about this rule, so sure. 
make it against the rules to kill humans. It doesn't feel like I, apocalypse. Uh, I actually don't have a problem with apocalypse. Yeah, I know people. I had a feeling like, you were going to say that because you've mentioned it in the other. Yeah, this, uh, I, it all episodes. tracks with him for me, especially the way they're characterizing him in this, where he's not blindly saying, "Oh yeah, this is great. You get keep up the good job." There's, there's very much to me the way I'm reading this is a, well, yeah, you guys are uh, doing the whole mutant supremacy thing. Not the way I would have done it. Not but the way I prefer, get, but there. you're yeah. getting there and I'm not going to stand yeah, in your I, way. Th- that's a great throwback. Let's go back to the beginning of, of, of Xavier's speech, right? Because mm-hmm. we, we went right off of that to, to something else. Xavier's speech, pretty powerful. Love the fact that he addresses some things specifically how mutants their children are being killed and people just sort of yeah. accepted it it's okay it it just happens including the avengers who get a little then fantastic four they get like panels they get yeah. page page space that um, whole you did nothing to stop it right was very much aimed at them love that aspect the fact that he's broadcasting to everyone's mind very shady mm. and finally ending on the we are the inheritors of the earth. Deal with it. I feel like that is problematic at best. Yeah. And I think it's going to come back and bite, obviously. I mean, that's probably, we, we see in, in part of the, the flashes in that speech, it's the people who are making Nimrod, who are listening into this yeah, broadcast, and you know why they're motivated to do that. They were told they're going to be yeah, outpaced. Like- they're going to be left behind. Yeah, I, I particularly like, they've repeated the uh, the phrase over and over in the books, the uh, the world changed while you slept. Yeah. And I, I like the way they connect that to the dreams. The, the Xavier's dream for mutant kind mm. was something that, it, that, was, that was one of the themes of the X-Men since the beginning. It was, you know, that parallel with Martin Luther King, the I have right. a dream where mutants can live in peace with human, humanity. Yeah. And that fact that Xavier talks about how his dream was a lie. Yeah. And then connects it back to humans went to sleep and in their dreams they were the masters of the earth. And that dream was a lie. It's really super powerful. Oh, yeah. And very ominous. Very ominous. It's like, that was not a good guy speech. I'm sorry. It didn't feel like yeah, it, it's, right? It's not entirely a bad guy speech. No, he's no, not. Saying, no, he's not saying like, and you know, we'll be over there uh, next week to conquer you all. You know, yeah. like he's not twirling his mustache, but it is. It is problematic. It puts the X Men in this clear position of power over humanity in a way that humanity has very little say in. You yeah. know, and we know that from things that happen in other books too, right? So. They can choose not to recognize the mutant nation all they want. Xavier and the team are still going to take mutants out of that country mm. and give right. them sovereignty. Right. It's and very frequently in the past, the parallels have been drawn between mutant kind and minorities. Mutant kind is an oppressed minority. Narratives stand in for that. Right. If you look at this and flip the script, Mutant kind now is almost like European settlers, and humanity is the Native Americans. There, yeah, there is, there is at very least a. Oh God, it's very weird. 
at very least, there's a gentrification aspect to this. Like, there's this, you're, you're going to be pushed out, right? Don't worry about it. We're going to make things better for you. But eventually, that means you're not going to be here anymore. And it's very, it's odd because they're not, like, Xavier ends this speech on a, we are the inheritors of the earth. But the speech was about, we just want our country. One little country. Yeah. So it's a, it's. It leaves a big open question, and a lot of what they're doing politically in this leaves big open questions of how do we get from one point to the other? Because you going off on your own island country and being away from everyone and giving us or, you know, selling us whatever, uh, all these powerful riches in terms of drugs sounds fine. But what was that last bit about inheriting the entirety of the earth? Because what is the timeline on that? I kind of need to know. And also when they start making rules, one of them is multiply. But like, yeah. what is the timeline on this? What what you're giving us boons, but also saying it's because we're going to take over, in mm. a way. And there is a there is we're a colonial you, aspect to this. You're going to be really comfortable for now, right? But I think I think they're talking certainly yes a colonial aspect to it, but they're talking about genetics. They're just saying that you know I mean specifically jumping ahead a little bit, one of the rules is make more mutants, right? Yeah. So not only is that them procreating, but we already know that mutations are just an inevitable aspect of humanity living. Right. Uh, There's absolutely no scenario, at least in Xavier's mind at this point, where humanity isn't... Doesn't eventually just drop away. Because... But but in in the math on that is eventually as... with time, humans will eventually all become mutants. Then, what point does like Krakoa become Earth, and then there's a small island of humans left? It it really there's a lot of questions, and if we readers are having these questions, imagine what the rest of humanity is thinking yeah. right now with this happening. So it's it's problematic. Let's move on to the next big complicated thing: is the Quiet Council. We get to see who the rulers of Krakoa are. Boy, (laughs) outside the comic book, there's actually a fun story with this. I don't know if they always intended to reveal. I'm assuming they must have because it's such a big part of the story. Reveal the uh, the Quiet Council in this week's book. Oh, but when that original redacted Quiet Council was released in the last one, apparently Marvel sent out digital review copies to uh, select uh, readers, and everything was redacted just like that. But some smart people realized that in, in the digital copy, they could just you could highlight, the redacts, yeah, and copy and paste oh. the redact the re- the actual text That's was really underneath neat. the redaction bar. I, I yep. hope that was. You know what? I'm I'm going to give it to them. I think that was intentional. Yeah. I, don't, I don't care if it was or wasn't. It's fun. But uh, it did reveal who's. It, it still revealed who's who's uh, still redacted under the uh, the Red King. Oh yeah. All right. Which, since it hasn't actually been published yet, I'm not going to spoil it. Yeah, it's it's we something do spoilers that, for everything in the past, but it, not. It's pretty not obvious. It's been on the internet for a while, and that and that's why it's yeah, obvious. You I, can find it if you right. want. So we've got the uh, I, I, the Autumn Council. I'm not, I'm going to bitch butcher which one is which, but we've got Xavier, Magneto, and Apocalypse. I guess the three <laughs> yeah, right factions of leadership. We've got uh, the uh, unknown Red King. White Queen, uh, which is Emma Frost, and Sebastian Shaw as uh, the Black King. Yeah, Black King. Uh, and then we've got um, 
I don't even know what they're called. Are they the Spring Council? What? Who's uh, that Spring Council is what you just did. The Hellfire oh, Club, yeah, essentially. And, all right. There's the, the Winter, Winter Council. Council, which is Mister Sinister, Exodus, and Mystique. Mystique yep. Myst- yeah. Okay. Mostly like former villains, and by former, we don't know why we're using that term. Yeah. And then uh, some and, summer was Storm, Jean Grey, and Nightcrawler. Right. Which you know the X-Men, good guys. Yeah. Yeah. The X Men mainstays, I would call them. Uh, and of course, we got Krakoa and uh, Cipher. Who just a, hang in, hang out. <laughs> Just hang out there. And we got our captains as well. Cyclops is a captain, I think. The and great magic. captains. Yes. Uh, oh, yes. And Magic is in there. And I think the Gorgon is in there. Gorgon and Bishop. Okay. They, they didn't have a lot of real estate on this on these pages. But the council gets together and they decide to start forming rules. First rule is pretty interesting. Don't it's, talk about the silent council. Of course. No. Uh, it's uh, we can't kill humans because killing mutants is kind of... Like, what does it even matter anymore now that we are immortal? Yeah. Uh, now we have the resurrection machine. So, yeah, the, that was actually a very interesting thing. It's like, does it matter if you murder someone who can't yeah. be killed? Yeah. So they, they, they segue pretty well into the don't kill humans, which is where Apocalypse is like, meh, I don't even care anymore. It's where my, yeah. my hackles went up a little bit. But uh, I think it's an interesting point and a solid one. The next rule is... A very confusing, I think, honor a Krakoa. Just yeah. be respectful to Krakoa, which it sounds cool, but there's like, as a as a legal professional, I'm like, what does that mean? I actually really liked that argument that they had oh, because the, it the was possession. It started yeah. off with Sebastian Shaw talking about land land rights, right? Which mm-hmm. is a perfect character to bring yeah, it up. Yeah, absolutely. And then Cipher piping up in for for Krakoa saying, "Hey, um, the land that you're talking about is, is actually a living sentient being." Yeah. So uh, before you start divvying him up, I think we really need to examine the ethics here. Yeah, and I think that's really cool and has a lot that can later be expanded upon. But yeah. this time they were all just sort of like, "We agree that this is probably a thing that would be interesting to build up later." And there was like, "I." <laughs> Since we're codifying the three basic principles of the world, let's just say respect the land. Yeah, sounds good. We'll put a pin in it. I like how, I guess, I don't know if like's the right word, but the the rules feel very uh, Old Testament, for yeah, lack of a better that's word. that's true. You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, no murdering of man, you yeah. know, respect the land, uh, and then make more mutants. It's a little bit Island of Dr. Moreau, honestly. <laughs> but yeah, it's like that freaking... Nightcrawler thing, yeah. Like, I don't know how, if I would have felt differently if he didn't have such like a devilish look on his face, right? When I mean, he, he said the you know make more mutants, yeah. he just kind of looked like a devil. But he, I mean, he's quoting scripture. He's quoting right. theology. He's you know the mission of humanity like, in all you, forms but, is to procreate. As we've already discussed, that could very easily become a colonial mission. Oh yeah. Right? If you understand, or if if you know Nightcrawler's character, it's very much in his character to be quoting the Bible. Oh, yeah. However, it's very much against his character to use it in this way. It, it's, I don't know, it's interesting how this will develop. The The first actual exercise of law that they've established was dealing with one, possibly the only one, certainly they think, it will. they hope it will be one of the few, uh, criminals in the mutant world, and that would yeah. be uh, that would be Sabretooth. That's Creed. Uh, so yeah, we were wondering about that because we think one of the lo- legitimate gripes that 
that the rest of the world has is that you are exonerating and giving amnesty to all these horrible criminals that have legitimately murdered people mm-hmm. and that they, you know, current countries have problems with international criminal court because they uh, sort of just piss posh it away and yeah. say that you do, your laws don't apply to me. It's like some of these mutants have uh, attempted and others have carried out genocide. Yeah. I think that's the problem. Multiple times. I think that's the problem here, though. Well, obviously, I liked the resolution of uh, Sabretooth getting punished here for his crimes. Like, I guess, at what point did the bar start and stop on those crimes, right? I, I yeah. could, Maybe it, I'm trying to follow the timeline. So we the, are sitting next to Magneto and Apocalypse here. The excuse here is that Magneto says, when you were on the mission for Krakoa, so by then the clock has already been ticking, you disobeyed the order, my orders and killed people. Okay, yeah. all right. So I guess... But it doesn't mean that that question is a completely it's valid like, question disobeyed. other people would have. Yeah. You disobeyed orders, but not laws at that point. Right. And but, they were laws only but, established after. I want to put that aside, yeah. although these are great points. So right now, we don't have prisons on Krakoa. Oh. All we have prisons is eternal <laughs> torment where you are conscious of it. For what? All crimes? All crimes? Every cr- <laughs> Everything you do wrong... On Krakoa means you get sucked <laughs> into the planet's core prison. forever. Which prison. we are not counting as a prison. Right. Prisons are for babies. You steal candy, you're going to the town underland. That is, it was, <laughs> yeah. to suffer for all eternity in I blackness. I think we're made to be like, this makes sense because, you know, he's such a horrible he's a person horrible who murders murderer, so people. But, you know, apocalypse. It makes, it right. makes sense when, uh, when it's Sabretooth that you send down there. Who is you know this vicious animalistic killer who generally is acknowledged that he kills for fun? Right. It's like even Apocalypse had a purpose for what he was doing. Uh, sure. I mean, I'm not saying it's good or excuses what he's done. When or does Wolverine it. get pushed down in there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's also, better at what he does why, than Sabretooth. Why would Sabretooth? And to be honest, why is this worse than killing him? Because like, or why is this better than killing him? Because. The resurrection machine? Do you have no choice but to activate the resurrection machine? That was a little confusing to me and also, a little sloppy. Also, how many people did uh, the special insertion team murder to stop the... But they were all okay with that because they were on a so mission. They were active- it was on a mission. It was an act of war. Yeah. Uh, they do address they that do pretty address well. They do. Yeah. They, do. they do. They say, like, hey, when it's, a, when it's defending your country, there's always... So I, like, we'll have me, to we'll have to deal with that in the future. For yeah. me, the question isn't so More much about the when does the talk start, although that's a good question for the rest of humanity, and it's not so much of the what's capital punishment, what isn't. For me, really, it's the how can this be the only punishment you have is suck people into the into the island. Well, they forever. just didn't no. have to make they just didn't have to make smaller rules yet because nobody stole any candy. Right, and yeah. I guess the assumption here is that if you do minor infractions, you are. You're treated. I mean, prisons aren't necessarily a good thing. Maybe no. it's better to have like social workers yeah. dealing with you, or Professor X zoinking your brain, which I think will come along. Probably, or rather no, later. I'm sure at some point. Uh, but like, it's extremely odd and will, very un, un, uncomfortable to I'll see. I'll say that. this: if you're drawing like a real world parallel again, this would be essentially they're they're laying out their constitution, their U.S. Constitution for Krakoa. Mm-hmm. And the the Constitution doesn't deal with the smaller crimes. It's a little more you're... detailed, though, than three bullet points. Well, you're right, but I'm just saying this is a comic book. 
Yeah, all right. We're not actually basing a legal system on this. I know, but I'm going to say that they went to a lot of great detail in some of the other between the pages material. Oh yeah, would, absolutely. Would oh, maybe yeah. a one page draft of a constitution have been too much to ask? No, right? no, no. You and couldn't fit go- that in because we needed to explain all the differences in the 27 yeah. different tiers of cyber organic world minds in the universe. That's powers of Ted. But uh, <laughs> yes, in this book, it's like. I get it. Uh, you are deliberately telling me that we don't have prisons here. Instead, we have eternal jail. Uh, I mean, like, I get it. Like, I, I'm not saying that there aren't new other role, laws coming along, but as of now, you are being weird. At yes. very least, you're being weird about this because that is just a very <laughs> weird way to handle it. Like, hey, man, I don't, I don't want to imprison you. Gonna, I just want to lock you up forever. Gonna. Put this on record. Keep your mind awake. If Xavier's sending me to eternal jail, kill me first. Yeah. Because that sounds way worse. When, That's on the when Xavier <laughs> sentences Creed, I will give them the one one bit of credit on this. They avoided the temptation to say that he didn't. He put an E in the front of the word exile. It's like, you are exiled. Oh, God. And it wasn't just exiled. We're done. We're done uh-huh. with podcasts and podcasting in general. Hey, I right. complimented that. Yes. It's a good thing that yeah, he didn't they didn't do, do that. it. Yeah. All right. So that is, uh, I guess, the the two big tent poles of this book. The final tent pole, I think, is uh, the um, the celebratory scene that came immediately after, which Yay. is where I feel like this is the wrap up of X Men. This is mutant yubnub. Sure. Yeah, this is really, like, it really could be the rap of X-Men. I mean, you've got a lot of longtime enemies and frenemies sharing a beer. That was pretty cool. There's a scene where uh, Jean Grey offers Emma Frost a beer while, I think, what it's is it Wolverine who offers um, it looks Cyclops like a, a beer at some point? Cyclops, Wolverine, and Jean oh, yeah, Grey so, share yeah. a beer, and then uh, Emma Frost and, and Jean Grey share a beer. Like, everybody is That's literally right. sharing the same six-pack. It's ridiculous yeah, They had to so run out of cool. beer there Mut- at some point. Mutant six-pack. It's mutant six-pack, six-pack mutant. regenerates. Uh, it, it is... The the Eric and Mag, uh, the Eric and Charles with the fireworks behind them, a, a e- particular piece of art I enjoy. Exodus is entertaining children, I believe, in the background. A yeah. one shot Dazzler's out there having a good time, and there's it, actually a shot of uh, Havoc giving uh, Cyclops a hug, right? Which is you know after the uh, recent events, kind of uh, messed up. It's they were in a rough spot. It is legitimately joyous to see them so happy that they did something good except for the fact there was a lot of bad in what they just did there is the the broadcasting to all humanity there's the veil threat to all humanity there's the locking up one of the mutants forever in forever jail and then finally and i can't believe i'm saying this but just speaking out loud there's Apocalypse staring at everyone, and I'm almost like, "Come on, Apocalypse, save us from this." I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I actually believe that, but I do think it is like way conflicted. I just want to throw this out there. Um, you know, historically speaking, you know, and right. Pete, you're mm-hmm. a, a history person. I mean, I can't really think of a nation that isn't really founded on some horrors. Nations and worlds are built on the backs of other people, and it Luxembourg. It, they never did anything to nobody. Oh, uh, what? All right, Luxembourg. Then they yeah. just split off from. 
We're not getting into this. That's but a different podcast. No horror. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. But I'm no. saying in the in the <laughs> yeah. general scheme of things, when you think about the big nations, oh, yeah. when you think about yeah, how our world that way. is founded, it seems like there's nothing that's not built on the backs of these horrible atrocities. And is this just the X-Men's <laughs> go at it? If that's it, then right. you know it maybe didn't turn out so badly. I think it's time to quickly go around and talk about all the things that we uh, maybe want answers for, because this is the end of House of X. So a couple of things that mean just bullet points really quick. Um, I I want to know more about why Apocalypse is on board at this point. I got it in Powers of X. I'm not quite convinced in this. Um, I, I I feel like there was one other thing and I forgot what it was. So James, you go while I try to remember anything you got. I don't have a ton in House of X that I, I need answered. House of X itself as a thing, I don't think posed that many questions. Right, it was focused on telling this main story. I, I, I think some of the, uh, you know, the things that are it intentionally left open. I'd love to know who the Red King is. You yeah. know, I'd love maybe a little more more explanation of how the politics of this world is going to work, considering we only spent like six pages on it in one issue. Um, but you know, knowing that this is a platform to tell future stories, I think helps curtail mm. that need. You know. Does that make sense? It yeah. feels it feels whole, despite the fact that it it you know it, it obviously left out you know things that it just didn't have time to tell. Yeah, I, I see where you're coming from on that. I think that's one of the big differences between a new reader and an old reader in this, because for an old reader, there's a lot of questions in this about why are these characters acting so differently from the way they should. Right, be, and I, I haven't read have these characters in a yeah. long time so I'm, I'm kind of accepting these characters very yeah. directly oh. as their new personalities and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with either yeah, yeah. and to be clear like even and Pete's he's, he's owning it to this it's not necessarily should be it's how you might have thought they would yeah. be because I, I from out there in the world people are very divisive, divisive about whether or not these are and I think reading some of these characters you're like this is pretty accurate and then there are sometimes you're like i don't know about this one part of it is because there's been so many writers over history that have written Mm -hmm. these characters it depends on your flavor of the one you want um yes and no i mean there's there's for most characters there's been certain general ways that they're characterized that this just completely went against storm is my go-to yeah the way she was acting in that I'll call I call it a cult scene. Yeah. Where she's doing like I, I call it the Wicker Man scene, actually. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's hard because I think some of these characters we don't get a ton of extra time with, You're right. right? So like if you know, we don't get that background, something like that could be as simple as, you know, Xavier going to Storm and saying, like, hey, here's the ritual yeah. for when the people come back, and Storm going, huh? And him going, no, 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 come on, it'll be fine. Yeah, you know, it's like just please do this for me. Yeah, that's fine. Like if, if well, she's got her reservations and is just yeah. doing that because, I think Xavier's the one I'll come back to, right? Yeah. If there's a character, but, but I think it's intentional here. Obviously, right, if there's right. a character that you come back to and being like, huh, right? And you're meant to question, like, is this really him? Is this just mm-hmm. the effect of knowing what all of his failures are going to be, or is it something more? It would be Xavier. It's Xavier for me. That would be. That would be it. You know what? I'd have to say I would be I would feel better about that if I had a little bit of a you know more or less subtle 
nod to a, hey, there's something different about Xavier. Speaking of something different, we, we keep saying this wrong in past uh, uh, podcasts, but uh, for no reason, I'll just bring this factoid up. Uh, uh, Xavier kills his twin sister with psychic abilities as Cassandra tries to choke him in utero. Uh, we, I think, say yeah. it the other way around. We say that Xavier <laughs> chokes her. her, but uh, that I brought that up for no reason. There's uh, literally has no no effect on the way Xavier may or may not be presented. Probably, probably, maybe yeah. we don't I, know actually. I I like that it's I like though that it's subtle, right? Yeah. I don't want a defined answer. Oh, I'm not I saying oh, that I'm this not, is a yeah. flaw. I'm saying these are yeah. questions you and want I don't want. Afterwards. I don't even necessarily want an answer. Yeah, I just want a subtle, a, a little bit less subtle acknowledgement of the fact that the problem exists mm. and that it's not just that the creators have are ignoring Choose, how, yeah, how he right. has you would have liked you would have liked somebody to so I, I turn around one. and do a side eye yeah if somebody I says have, hey how come xavier is i have one like that's related to this uh, my my question i want to answer i want to see somebody who isn't on board who some mutant who is not on board with this because that's what i'm having difficulty i get that they have experienced many horrible things that have happened yeah. to all mutants, but some mutant somewhere out there has been sheltered and doesn't want to go live on an island full of mutants away from the only life they ever knew, mm-hmm. right? There's got to be some Morlocks, uh, Colossus, somebody who's a, you know... Uh, Colossus is on board, we've yeah, seen him. Somebody who's really, int- like, who's maybe a tool of the state, Right, that they were raised in, and yeah. has not. No, Mega Red made it in, or maybe <laughs> even just a person who's like, no, nah, not my, not my bag. Sorry, thanks. And I want to see what their position in all this is. We kind of get Submariner, and that's kind of cool. He's, it's not exactly the same as having just Shmo mutant who has a choice yeah. in the matter. Like this guy's the king of Atlantis. It's so, that weird status is he's not always accepted as a mutant. He's like, too, he's like yeah. a bunch of other things too. Yeah, I, I, but interesting. I just would like to see some run-of-the-mill mutant who has an issue with yeah. this. I think you've got a very good point on that. I want to see, is there a Palestinian mutant who doesn't want to leave Palestine? For Krakoa. That's cool. Right? Like, I mean, there are plenty of people who have been, who've faced oppression in the world and they don't want to leave. Yeah. That's their thing. Not that they like the oppression, but that's part of it. It's my ancestors they, they belong and I... here. So none of this happens. Not a single mutant is on, is having issue with this. That's what I want. That's yeah. what I want to see. I think my big unanswered question may actually be the answer to yours. Oh. Because. It, I had all those things that we were just talking about, too, as unanswered questions. But while we were going back through this, I noticed something that now is really eating at me. What about Moira? Yeah, where's Moira? Where's Moira after, the, uh, after she made it back from Life 10? Right. They mentioned Moira at some point. Like at the, the very Moira beginning, room. they're yeah. in the Moira room, and yeah. I think she's there, but that's a month ago. Right. Yeah, that's pictured. before... That's before the mission. Yeah. And she's supposed to be like in some part where the island where they can't see. I don't know if I missed that or if it's a, a big question, but we'll yeah, find out. The, it's the, uh, it's Moira's no space. Yeah. The, there's the there's a no space. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's, we've, we've spent a lot of time on House of X, uh, number six in the, the entire series. I think we should review this issue and the book as a whole, because I know that these are twin series, but I'm curious. Who wants to go first in the review? 
I'll go first because right. I'm the the new novice and my opinions can be dashed off so easily. Um, I really liked House of X. House of X as a whole was really good. And we're just talking about House of X. So House of X was really good. I think it has a really <laughs> strong narrative. I think I, I like the characters. I'm I'm interested despite some of the, the issues with maybe how they're being told. And I like the problems it represents, you know, even if they're, they're problems that I feel like they've got to be intentional, right? There's a reason why we're like, you know, these laws are weird. Xavier's weird. There's something more here. And it feels, but it feels narratively whole. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this book puts a really nice bow on it. So I'm going to give this book a near mint for the, the All right. this specific this issue. issue. And I'm going to give House of House of X okay. a mint. I really <laughs> like House of X. This is someone so afraid of the review. <laughs> it's so great. All right. For House of X issue six and the entire series, it's the same review. I'm going to go to the same ranking. I loved it. I love, honestly, I thought maybe I was going to be waiting for this wrap up to happen and be disappointed that it didn't tie everything up in a bow. And I now realize, in my opinion, we have one more issue in both these series to know. In my opinion, this is setting up the new X-Men. X-Men have always had an issue with dying and resurrecting and Hickman made it part of their core a reason why this happens. I love that the X-Men feel weird. I think it's a little, like part of me almost feels like they're getting a little bit more like in humans in a way, but not quite, they're, I don't know. It's, it's very confusing. I'm very conflicted, but I love what I've gotten so far. So I'm giving House of X a mint. Overall? Overall and for this issue. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There are to be. Stop oh. me if this sounds familiar. Right. <laughs> is this book perfect? No. What is? <laughs> okay. But it's a start and a good one. Maybe. It's like, I don't know if this is a good start yet, but uh, that was a quote from Xavier in the mm, book for those of you who talking about how didn't events. notice it. Very <laughs> Uh But. Yeah, I um, this the I'm gonna give the uh, number six mm-hmm. a near mint because, like I said, I, nice. I still I really wish I had that uh, that little bit of confirmation that yes, we know there's something wrong. You're, mm-hmm. you're right to feel that there's something off about Xavier, right? And the whole situation, but uh, with that minor point aside, I'll. Uh, I'll go mint for the whole series. Wow! We did it! We did it! We did it! Triple mint! I yes. did not think that was going to happen. <laughs> no. I really knew that so. All right. That's I, great. I One thing before we wrap up, I feel like the legacy of this book, this is a challenge to all the creators who are going to pick up this platform oh, yeah. after. House of X can be great, but if the stories that are told after this don't utilize the really interesting scenarios that this sets up and refuses to touch on any of these really big problems or these big real world things that this wants to deal with, the legacy of this will fall by oh, the yeah, wayside absolutely. so quickly. Yeah. 
optimistic. I, I still have high hopes for it, but I've I've read a lot of the previews for the upcoming books. The was it Rise of X is the mm-hmm. is what they're calling the the new uh, launch platform, I, the series of books. Right. And I'm I'm not convinced that these are going to pick up with what was good about house of x i think a slow burn is acceptable to a certain extent but we'll we'll have to see we'll have to see uh thank you all for listening if you enjoyed this episode of near mint please like follow and subscribe so you can get the latest in the podcatcher of your choice oh and leave us a good review so more people find out about the show one more issue left powers of 10 number six comes out next week our last issue in this review arc Will everything get racked up? Probably not in the way we originally thought, but in a way that might be very, very interesting. I have a theory I'm going to leave us off on. The librarian is Apocalypse. And he builds Nimrod because he's like, someone's got to challenge mutants. (gasps) This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.